Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love It for a Psych, the only Psych first watch rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Jay Christie, longtime fo- long fan of Psych, joined as always by my co-host, first time fan of Psych, Andre Brera. Andre, how are you? Um, very stoked. I'm glad we got a Halloween episode, even if it was very minimally, but I'm stoked. Um, how are you? Doing well. And I'm just going to come out and say it up top because there's no real way to get into it. This is uh, the first, and I, I think there's not another one, like another director, but this is the first psych episode directed by a murderer, which is very nice to think about. Um, what do you mean? By John, it was directed by John Landis, uh, who of course- Oh, uh, really? Yes. Who of course, and this is the type of thing that people would yada yada and they don't want to talk about it, but I know you know about this. On the set of oh, yeah. Twilight Zone, the movie, he was doing a stunt that was- basically told that he was shouldn't do and he was paying two young children under the table and uh, both two young children and longtime actor Vic Morrow were killed by a helicopter and he just was he was allowed to keep working in Hollywood they didn't you know we'll talk about cancel culture kept working uh you know Vic Morrow is Jennifer Jason Lee's father no uh Vic Morrow is Rob Morrow's father it's also Jennifer Jason Lee's oh really okay yeah I know that (laughs) her name is Jennifer Lee Morrow Oh, okay, well, good for her. Well, not that her dad died, but good for her for. Uh... But yeah, I I actually recently watched Twilight Zone the movie. Uh-huh. Not good enough for people to die over. I'll just say that. <laughs> not that there's any on, movie that's good enough. But God, yeah. hold on, wait, hold on a second. She was married to Noah Baumbach. Yeah, that's Marriage Story is about their their divorce. Wow, I had no idea. That's insane. Okay, fantastic. Uh huh. Yeah. Tragic uh, life she led. I mean, I suppose so. I mean, getting divorced is not... I mean, 50% of marriages end in a divorce. It's not that crazy. Um, I mean, if you're married to Noah Baumbach, I would imagine that was horrible. Yeah, she had to choose, uh, you know, kicking and screaming. Uh, oh and they got married while they were young. Um, it was a marriage story, oh, wow. you know. And by the end of the marriage... And there was a talking, lot of white noise. Yeah, it was just a lot of white noise. Um, anyway. Oh, boy. <sighs> we need help. Um, yeah. Anyway, speaking of Noah Baumbach, Barbie trailer, maybe. Anyway... Um, did you know he co-wrote it too? You know, obviously Greta Gerwig directed it, but he co-wrote it, which is exciting. Did not know. Oh, well, I'm excited. Be, I'll be. So I'm gonna spend seven and a half hours at the movie theaters on July 21st. I'm gonna go right from Barbie to Oppenheimer. Not even gonna buy another ticket. Fuck it. Oh, dude, that's a good idea. Actually, shit. I mean, I'm actually gonna buy another ticket because I recently signed up for uh, Regal Unlimited, which mm-hmm. is the Regal equivalent of AMC Stubs. And like yesterday, I was didn't have any plans and i'm like i don't really want to see the new mario movie but i can see it for free and so i did <laughs> Damn. oh how was it not that good but also who cares like i yeah i, well, I mean i'm assuming it's better than the than the other super mario movie i, I have never actually seen that one um you haven't oh my no. god i've seen it so many times i gotta see it it's um i was actually gonna watch it beforehand but then i didn't um but the thing is it's like a very cynical like easter eggy whatever and the thing, I think there's just a generational divide between people who are like 10 years older than me who are like critics who are like, this is like the most cynical piece of like IP branding. There's no plot here. And I've just have never lived in a world where everything wasn't branded and stuff. So I'm just like, I don't give a shit. The kids in the audience were cheering. Like, what do you want? Everyone was having a great time. Like, it's kind of like Ready Player One or something. Even more. I would say even worse than that. Because I at least think wow. Ready Player One, I think Ready Player One has I like that a... Movie. It's a better movie than I think almost anyone not named Steven Spielberg would make because I think it actually does kind of have a satirical – even it doesn't really fully work. But I think that there is some satire about 
the world that it takes place in that like it isn't all good but there's just a lot of things that are so clearly references but mm. like i said all the kids in the theater were cheering so like who am i to say that it's bad you know um yeah now i might use it i might see air again this weekend um because i saw that last weekend uh but mm-hmm. now, air by the way air is your type of movie you gotta see it you you'll I'll watch it i will watch it i will watch it yeah um god there's some needle drops in there that are so corny. I started pumping my fist. Um, anyway, we start out in the '80s, much like the movie Air, Halloween night, 1987. Sean which, a... which is the day after I was born. Just saying. Oh, of Literally. course, you're a yes. You're a October 30th is your birthday. I knew. I remember it was in like '87. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, in 1987. You can honestly a lot of great things came out in, in 1987. You know, what I mean, broadcast news. You. Um, I need to but, watch that. No, broadcast news is one of the best movies ever made. Um, it's cra- I thought I I I feel like we we went so long on the monk pod without just talking about movies we both like, and I feel like this last like two weeks I've just been naming movies that you haven't seen, <laughs> which is rare. I know, I know, it's crazy. I'm actually gonna go on this like crazy like movie kick. Um, I watched Rear Window recently. That I've was actually really never good. I haven't seen uh, black and white movies is my probably biggest blind spot. Um, I need. To it's not black and white. Oh, sorry. Like older than 1960 movies is my big. I get it. No, but I'm also like the next one I'm going to watch is like Lawrence of Arabia. Really yeah. interested in like uh, um, all that. my uh, my favorite movie podcast, Blank Check. They're currently doing Danny Boyle, um, and so I've been watching all of his movies. And then they're doing Buster Keaton next. And so I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna go watch all of his movies while they do it because I mean that's a good thing about like a podcast. It forces you to watch stuff you wouldn't yeah, normally watch. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. Which I like. I like. Especially when it's a movie that like no one talks about. When it's like, you know, like tomorrow I'm gonna watch the Danny Boyle movie Trance, which no one has heard of. But I've I wouldn't watch. It. I wouldn't watch it if not for this podcast. You know. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, Halloween 1987. Uh, what was your best Halloween costume? Oh man, uh, probably Jack Torrance in 2018. 18. Mm. 2018. It was like three days before I got my appendix. No. Yeah, it was like three days before my appendix removed. It was all, it was a Halloween party though, so it wasn't like quite yeah. Halloween Halloween, but it was. So, like, but trick or treating, what was your best one? Oh God, um, oof, uh, probably one of the Ninja Turtles. When I was uh, eight, I was still living in New York. Big Mets fan, hate the Yankees, and this is right after the Red Sox won the World Series. I, me and my mom made a costume called Yankee Suck, where every single article of clothing was a reference to a playoff series they recently lost. <laughs> Wait a minute. You were eight years old in 2004? Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> God, I was, uh... I forgot to censor myself. I know I, I try to generally. Um, I'm sorry. I was 17. I was 17. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I apologize. I genuinely do try to stop myself, but the story doesn't work if you don't know that. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Sean is a cop, which is demoralizing, and uh, Gus <laughs> is uh, Gus is uh, Lando Calrissian, which is cool. Yeah, great. Um, and you know they're the trick or treating together, and Henry being the typical uh, helicopter uh, father that he is. Do we ever get to meet his mom? Is that a thing that happens? Yes, yes, we do. Okay, okay. And she's um, played by yeah. a big guest star. Okay, I figured. Um, and so he, you know, they want to eat their candy before they go back to the station. Um, but apparently the reason why they're going to the station is so they can have all the candy x-rayed, which I don't know if x-rays work in like, do they detect stuff through food as well? I don't know. Well, it would sure. be, he's looking for razor blades, which is not a thing. And yeah, I it was never a thing. 
there's never actually been a time. There's actually only been one time that any kid has ever been poisoned by candy. Do you know the story of this? Was it? This is another thing that other podcasts. What? Did it involve John Landis? No, this is another thing that other podcasts that are ostensibly comedy podcasts would avoid because it's dark subject matter. But I think that this is one of the most fascinating things of all time. That the hysteria about the idea of posing candy was so prevalent, even though it never happened. This deranged guy faked a poison candy, but he wanted to collect life insurance on his son. And so he pretended that he got candy and he poisoned like five pixie sticks and handed it out to a group of kids. And only his son ate it. And the other ones, thankfully, they didn't before they realized. But like he was planning on killing five kids and being like, oh, my God, there was a crazy person who gave us this candy. So the only time it ever was done was a fake thing that a guy murdered his own son for life support. I mean, life insurance money. So. So he died. The kid. The kid died. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the gigantic, you know, those gigantic pixie sticks, the ones that are like plastic, the ones that are really big. Like, yeah. Never seen yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was those. Um, but yeah, okay. I think that that's really crazy that the stereo was so big. A guy was like, obviously no one's going to think it because he had the thought of this happens all the time. So they won't suspect me, but of course it's never actually happened before. Anyway. So they're driving and apparently there's a jumper at wispy, sunny pines, mental asylum. Um, and they, Henry tells Sean and Gus to keep their eyes closed because you know, you don't want to see a jumper. And I'm not talking about third eye blind. God damn it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so. Sorry, can I take a joke? Yeah, you did. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, they show up to the place and then they tell the lady to step off that ledge, my friend. Um, mm. Yeah, you know. Anyways, so they go to the place. They go and it's the sh- wispy, shady pines. Wispy, sunny pines. Which, yeah, it's kind of a weird name, but. Uh, I think, the, I think it's supposed to be like a play on. Mentalist. I feel like that just sounds like a cheesy mental institution name. Like Wispy Pines and Sunny Pines. I, 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 it feels like it's making fun of old horror movies. Is the way I took it. Probably. Um, and so they show up, or Henry, you know, and he instructs Gus and Sean not to get out of the car, um, and not to open their eyes, you know, because you know I, there could be a grisly scene that that happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, suicide ain't pretty. Um, yeah. And sure enough, there's a lady. Uh, dressed in the appropriate white garments of a mental facility, uh, standing in the window, and looks like she's about to jump. And mm-hmm. from what Gus and Sean seem to remember, the lady did jump, although mm-hmm. we never see it happen. Yeah, exactly, because Gus covers Sean's eyes at the right moment. And then we cut to 20 years later, give or take 10 minutes, which I think is a very fun title card. And mm-hmm. we see a woman named Doreen being chased through the asylum. Well, yeah, we see that the asylum first of all is like abandoned, like yeah. clearly and in, in between the years it's been shut down. Um, that was a huge thing that happened in California. I think it might be across the country. They shut down a lot of asylums. Yes. Like over yeah. a period of time. Um, so yeah. So this woman named Doreen, she's inside and she's scared to fucking death as mm-hmm. anybody would. Um, I mean, honestly, you'd have to pay me a shitload of money to, uh, to go to anything that's been declared haunted. I hate that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she's running around and a voice, a ghostly voice is like calling her name out. And she happens upon room 413, which is the room where uh, mm-hmm. said sh- scary Sherry uh, mm-hmm. supposedly jumped out of. And, you know, she goes inside and she looks out the window and like, or she looks at a reflection behind her. And it's like someone in a scary, like mm-hmm. not really that scary mask. And she falls backwards and she's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we cut to Sean and Gus, who just got back from a racquetball match, clearly. Um, they're arguing I wasn't about sure it. if it was racquetball or tennis. 
but I should have assumed. Because uh, like, he says racquetball. Hey, he, he mentions, uh, he, he says something about you should have hit it off the wall. Is what, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, there was like terms I'm like, I didn't understand, but yeah. Okay, yeah. I so. uh, but I, I've never played racquetball. Um, Same. Yeah. Uh, it feels like a sport that is played more by people in movies and television than people in real life. Is that squash? Is that what that squash is? Squash is played in the same place as racquetball. I forget the difference in the rules, though. But there's actually a weird amount of people in New York who play racquetball. Like, in because a lot of New York parks have racquetball courts on them, which like uh-huh. just feels because if I associate racquetball with like a rich person thing, but like a lot of just like public parks have racquetball, which is odd. Anyway, yeah, um, and now there's that new thing where everyone plays pickleball. Like I have no yeah. idea what that is. Yeah, dumb shit is what it is. So there's a yeah. there's a there's a good you know they go in the office and you see the back of what looks like a little you know uh, a cute girl like oh who is this uh, who mm-hmm. turns around. And it's none other than Juliet O'Hara, dressed like a uh, a preppy sorority chick. Yeah, just like you know Cher from Clueless, um, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and yeah, she looks great. Um, and she has some cards that she's handing out, um, and it's for some sort of sorority, like yes, for sorority business cards. Was, I wasn't aware they gave out business cards for that, but God bless. I'm sure they do. Uh, God bless. Her name is she's going by the name Mary Lou Bumgardner, and she is undercover. Uh, investigating the death of the Doreen that we just saw die. Yeah, and um, she's planning a mixer uh, for, I guess, for the sorority. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually seems like she's super into this. And she says, you know, you spend a couple of a week around these chicks and it's infectious, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she kind of, she lets us know that the crime was officially declared a suicide, um, which doesn't make any sense from the details that we hear later on. Mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's yeah. kind of weird they think it was a copycat of the urban legend scary sherry which is what we saw at the beginning of the episode um correct but jules is convinced that the story is hiding something and so uh yeah but because they think that they're being haunted by the ghost of doreen but we also learn that lassiter is not involved because he is on a temporary reassignment yeah he is um and he goes to meet uh the person and it's in like conference room or uh, investigation room something like that and it's Mm -hmm. like an older uh yeah an older woman middle-aged woman played by academy award winner mercedes rule Um, really yes Uh, she won an academy award for the fisher king i've never seen that film but she is fucking incredible in the movie married to the mob it's one of the funniest funniest performances i've ever seen in a movie um and, I don't uh, know yeah. what any of these things are. Well, Mar- you should watch Married to the Mob is the movie that Jonathan Demme made right before Silence of the Lambs, and it could not be less like Silence of the Lambs if you tried. Uh, it's incredible. Um, it's a very rest funny in movie. Peace. Yeah, rest in peace. Great director. Um, and so her name, her name is uh, Detective Goochberg. Uh, but in her people she respects and people that have seen her naked can call her Gooch. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And she's apparently much like Dennis Quaid. She's an old rookie. Uh, yeah, she is. Um, and you know, Lasser kind of like tiptoes around asking like how she could possibly be a rookie detective. You know, at her and he says at her advanced age. Yeah. And apparently, she had failed her detective exam thirteen times, and the only way she got another shot was by suing the department. And mm-hmm. looks like she won, and she got her wish. So that's a yes. new partner for the foreseeable future. And uh, she asked where they, she can shoot some guns. You know, just 
pull out some biscuits. You know, it's like it's like you, you for your first day at Popeyes, you ask where are the biscuits. You know. Yeah. So, like, what was she before? She was like a beat cop. I guess I, it's unclear. This is this is also once again much like the birthday plot last episode. This is just a side B plot to go to. Yeah, I think they need to work on these. Yeah, th- they eventually integrate it. They integrate it better. There's a, there's a lot less things like this, and when they do it, it's usually more character based. Um, you know, you, m- more often than not, both everyone's working on the same case, which is just makes more sense. But sometimes yes. you get stuff like this. But anyway, uh, we cut to Sean and Gus are at the sorority, and Sean clearly is showing off his psychic powers. Um, and he's, you know, talking to Bianca and basically deducing that she went to the mall and used her father's gold card. Just obvious stuff. You know, just he, the classic Sean showing off that he's psychic. Yeah, uh, he's doing all that. And, you know, Mary Lou... Uh, or I don't know. One of them asked them to describe like the weird situation that happened the night before or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she meant it's to a girl named Bianca. And Bianca mentions that she uh, was watching TV. She's the big no. Nope. She, she was more. Yeah. She was watching one. Say, be, yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say be more specific. Don't you say she was yeah, watching yeah, TV? I was getting there. I was getting there. Um, and apparently she has one of those like you know clocks, those cat clocks. Um, unclear if it was the one that hangs on the wall. I'm assuming those are the only ones that exist. Yeah, yes. exactly. Sorry, I was just imitating the Jake's eyes. Too, yeah, Jake's doing, doing it. Doing the like, eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, but and apparently so it's... The, yeah, go. Sorry. I, I the, cat clock, yeah, the cat clock blinks every half an hour, and it for at some point it just started blinking, and it kept blinking, um, and it let out a half meow, and then the tail fell off, and then the whole thing exploded. Which, yeah. you know, is weird. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, um, Sean, he's, you know, going through his classic, making a joke of all this. He says he needs an article of clothing from Juliet, possibly undergarments, but then Joel's like, don't usually get that from the victim. So he goes in the bathrooms, and then there, we see that a lot of the sort of girls are pressuring each other to ask something of Gus, and they ask, did you really play Bud on the Cosby show? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm assuming you might know who the hell Bud mm-hmm. is on the Cosby Show. What about what? Who the hell is Bud on the Cosby Show? I he's a little kid. I uh, um, I don't know. According to it says he's a friend of Rudy Huxtable. Uh, okay. Yeah, I've never seen. Uh, I've never seen the Cosby Show. Yeah, okay. neither have I. And it's not like I'm going to go back. And uh, he was played by a guy named Dion Richmond, who does look a little bit like Dulé Hill. Um, uh huh. Well, I'm just saying that now he ends up on the season on the series finale. He has, he's on the series finale of the Cosby Show. No, a fucking psych. Oh, I guess he is. I didn't realize that. I didn't recognize him. There was a bunch of cameos it's, it's, at the show. The joke, the joke finally pays off. Is what I'll say this: it's not the first time. It, it it's not a super recurring joke, but there are other times where Sean tells people that he's blood from the Cosby Show. But it's always okay. sure, stop telling people I'm blood from the Cosby Show. Um, and so. As they're having this joke, the lights go out and we hear some get out and then things fall over. Scary. Just a bunch of scary shit happens. Haunted house stuff. I see. Now I know what that means now. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, the the lamps start hitting the floor. Lights are flashing. Are you a big haunted house guy? Uh, I mean, I've been to like the Halloween Horror Night shit, but I haven't yeah. been to like a haunted house. Haunted house. Yeah. 
Like, my opinion yeah. on them is that they're overpriced, and I think a lot about the tweet. Which one of my, if you ask me to name the top 100 tweets of all time, which is something I could do very easily, one of them would be, if I pay $40 for a haunted house, I better die. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, are, like, where would they have been where you are? Are they in New York? Do they exist? Probably. I mean, in New York, uh, yes, they not so much. I mean, I wouldn't have gone to one in New York. It would be mostly a high school thing. Um, I see. Yeah. And haunted houses are basically anywhere. Like, all you need is some kids who need money and, you know, a house. Um, yeah, it's a pretty famous like one here in LA. A local the haunted one hayride, the right? Haunted hayride. Yeah. yeah, I've never been on it, and it's like right by like where my where I grew up, and I've never been. I mean, there's a ton of stuff like I mean, that's kind of a thing that happens a lot. Where there's like, if there's something famous near where you grow up, it's like yeah, I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, like for instance, there's this other place called the Tam O'Shanter, which mm-hmm. is I don't know if you ever heard of it. No, it sounds a lot like the uh, guy Evo Shandor from Ghostbusters, but I don't think that that's what that is. No, it's actually like a, it's tied to the Laurie's uh, chain of restaurants. And it's uh, where Walt Disney and all of his fucking cronies used to have like lunch all the time. It's like a prime rib kind of establishment. Uh, And it's like right at the corner of my mom's house. And I only ever went there for St. Patrick's Day because they throw like a whole outdoor event. It's like Mm -hmm. fucking crazy. I've never once been there to eat. And it's been there forever. The thing is, the Disney stuff, whatever. I don't care. You had me at prime rib, though. I mean, yeah, I'll go anywhere for some good. prime rib. Um, anyway, so yeah, there, you mentioned there's a face in the window, some scary stuff, and of course, Sean and Gus ah! go running away. Yeah, yeah. Well, notably, it's the same face that shows up outside what we saw right. Doreen's um, yeah scene. Um, and so yeah, Gus and Sean run out the house screaming and, uh, eventually like Jules comes out, you know, reminding them why they're there. Um, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't stop Gus from driving off in the car and leaving Sean there. Exactly. So we then go to a commercial cut back and, um, all the other girls apparently want to go sleep at a mega muse fraternity, uh, I mean sorority and, Mm -hmm. uh, Sean and Juliet are talking and he basically, Sean's like, this is just some Radio Shack BS, which, uh, shouts at Radio Shack. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, basically, you know, like there's a projector made the face. Some wait, 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 real quick. You know, remember how I was like in Denver? Mm-hmm. Um, there was an open Radio Shack there. Wow! Right next to, right next to Party City. I was tripping out. <sighs> that was that's why then. Yeah, I should have gone inside. Oh well. Yeah. Um. Anyways, go on. So, uh, yeah, basically, um, it was just some mechanical trickery. You flipping the breaker using speakers. You know, some pretty. Like what an actual haunted house would use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they're talking about all that. And, you know, Jules mentions that Alice Bundy is the only one that the only person around that mm-hmm. group that she hasn't spoken to. Um, but she wasn't quite a sorority girl. She was just, no, she was not. College. She um, was Doreen's best friend who was taken in by Doreen's Dor- Dor- parents uh, as a kid. So very close. Correct. Um, and for whatever reason, at this point, they start to suspect that maybe Alice wanted to mm-hmm. kill uh, Doreen. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And so um, we cut down to the shooting range. Uh, Lassie and Gooch are shooting. Um, I'm going to call her Gooch. It's I funny. know, man. I know. It's just like, yeah. Uh, and apparently uh, Gooch isn't wearing protective gear because she's deaf in one ear. Um, from an incident with a waffle iron. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and she, you know, the, apparently the department gave her a pea shooter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if you recognize that reference. No, I did not. Okay, do you remember The Simpsons? I mean, obviously, you know The Simpsons, but yeah. there was this whole, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you go on YouTube, there's the McBain full movie, which is like an Arnold Schwarzenegger like action film. Uh -huh. um, and apparently there's like little parts of a movie that get played on like certain episodes like at a video store or like mm. in a movie theater or whatever reason. And if you connect them all together, it forms wow. like an actual movie. And the guy who plays Arnold Schwarzenegger is a guy named Rainier Wolfcastle. Mm. And he mentions that the gun that they gave him is a pea shooter. That's funny. And it just makes me laugh. So yeah, yeah. she, then she gets a very long biscuit and of course it goes flying out of her hands. Um, and it breaks and yeah. Lassie is distraught. And so then we cut to the college campus and Juliet and the other sorority girls are handing out flyers um, for makeovers. And Bianca is clearly distressed. She's not sleeping. Um, and then Juliet notices Alice Bundy, played by uh, Shannon Woodward of Westworld and other things. Mm -hmm. um, uh, frankly, I don't know her from anything because I didn't watch Westworld. Um, but I know that she's someone to know because, you know, it's my gift and my curse. Yeah, no, I, it, she was like, she looked way, I mean, she looks the same, but she looked way different. Um, yeah, I remember this. Anyway. 15 years will do that to you, but. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but so she's very much not, she hates Juliet because she's a sorority girl and, you know, she has very angsty teen energy. Um, and uh, yeah, so we then, what happens next? Um yeah, she yeah, calls she her like queen of the dam. She calls her queen of the dam. Then she even asks her to like stay away, like from her, mm -hmm. like she wants nothing to do with it. Um, and then we cut to Lassie and Gooch again. Um, mm -hmm. They're arguing a lot again. Like it mm -hmm. just doesn't seem like a good match. And no. she insists on sitting in the back of the car because apparently she her eyes are fucked up too. And mm -hmm. at this point, I'm just starting to think like, is this some sort of like practical joke? Like, what's going on? Like, what? Mm -hmm. Why the fuck? Why? How is this woman like? With Lassie, mm -hmm. the most red ass like cop you've ever met. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Although I, I think that the way that it concludes, I actually like, but I don't necessarily. I think that the the, the joke is a bit one note eventually, but it's all. I mean, it's funny because it's funny. Um, but we then cut to um, Sean and Gus back in the office, and uh, Gus has some basically. In, he's been looking at crime scene stuff, and he sees that the window. Uh, in the asylum, the latch was broken, so it very easily could have been an accident, especially because she fell backwards. Yeah, exactly. So the falling backwards doesn't really portend to it being a suicide. Mm -hmm. Um, and so yeah, uh, Gus is doing work. He's and he's on top of that, he's trying to investigate like the weird uh, language that they heard. Um, he's Back been looking dab. into several different, yeah, he's been looking into several different ancient languages. He tried, I don't know, uh, Aramaic, um, and a couple of others, but he hasn't been able to come up with anything yet. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and then, um, Sean imitates Danny Torrance in The Shining and says, ah, nab. I can't do it with my finger cause I, my finger's not double jointed like cause he just mm -hmm. bends the top of his finger. Um, but. Is this a red room thing? Well, no, because in The Shining, when Danny's talking through Tony, his imaginary friend, he uses his finger to talk. That is I've involved with Red Room. Never seen this. I've seen it in pieces, but I've never seen it all the way. You through. just That's said you thing. dressed up as Jack Torrance. <laughs> it wasn't my idea. It wasn't my idea. It was a couple costume. 
What? Uh, and what? Your and your wife was Wendy Torrance. It wasn't my wife. It was my ex girlfriend. Oh Jesus Christ! And then, well, I was gonna say that was, that's why the relationship didn't work out. Not exactly a healthy relationship. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, I, no spoilers, but she tries to kill him with an. I mean, he tries to kill her with an axe. Um, yeah. Anyway, but Acnab. Sean realizes is uh, Bianca backwards, which is like Red Rum, murder backwards. Um, yes. And so she calls Juliet, um, who I do love, uh, is talking about how I need to I, I need to make a spirit speech as she's like loading her gun. Um, but they we then cut to the sorority house and uh, Bianca is in trouble. Uh, yeah, hold on. I just want to show you real quick. Uh is it, are you gonna show a photo of you as uh, Jack Torrance? Oh, that's that's good. Okay, so there's the twin girls too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she yeah. was good. Was it Wendy? Was her name? Wendy Torrance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Wendy, darling, light of my life. That's my Jack Torrance impression. Oh my god. Not okay, real, real quick aside. Um, I, I I don't know if do you ever listen to seventy millimeter podcast? No, but that's mostly because whenever I listen to anyone who cares a lot about film, I feel bad about myself for not having seen classic movies. Okay, that's fine. Um, they mentioned that Christian Slater sounds a lot like Jack Nicholson, which now oh, I can't get out of my does. fucking head. Oh, he 100% does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had never put it together. Now, now I feel fucking stupid because it's like, yeah, it's pretty crazy, actually. Yeah, I, I think Christian Slater, he seems like a decent enough guy. I've never gotten it. I'm glad that I came after he stopped anything. It just he feels just like worse Jack Nicholas Jack Nicholson as a Jack Nicholas. He's probably not going to golf yeah. either. But anyway, um, yeah, Bianca's yeah, taking a bath. Sp- sorry, splish splash. You just taking a bath. Um, and uh, yeah. the one thing that doesn't go with baths, what is it? Electronics. Um, yeah, we see a hand plugging something into the outlet right before. I don't know if you just said that. I was like looking for a photo. I didn't. Um, Okay, um, and so Bianca's in the bath, and Betty's outside being a bitch about missing the mix, mm-hmm. the mixer, um, mm-hmm. and then we start to see a very a, pro, a very convenient uh, window right above the bathtub mm-hmm. opening up, and mm-hmm. someone starts dangling a toaster over it, and yeah, I guess this is the episode title <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> come to fruition, because uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Bianca is toast. Someone drops it into the yes. bath, and yeah, yes. Uh, Sean and Gus show up, uh, and um, um, Juliet's there, and they bust down the door, and uh, yeah, it's too late. Um, and so we cut to the police station, and Juliet's still undercover with Betty, and the chief is interrogating them. And uh, Betty comes clean that it was just a joke. It was a pledge. She wasn't supposed to die. Yeah, it was a prank. Uh, it was a hazing situation. It's a prank, with- bro. Yeah, anyone, if you're thinking about getting into a fraternity or sorority, uh, do they do they really hate? I mean, it's usually the fraternities that are really bad. They at this don't shit, do right? it. They, for the most part, they don't do it as much, nearly as much as they used to, just because of so many bad things happening. Right. The thing is, like, there are there definitely are ones that are still doing it. Um, I think you just know who you're getting involved with. Like, if it seems like the type of people who will haze you, then they're probably going to haze you. If they seem like chill people, like, I don't want to come all the way against fraternities, even though generally I think that they're dumb because I have friends who got a lot out of them. Um, but yeah, just don't. Well, like job connections? And no friendships. Because, I mean, job connections, like, yeah, I know that that's important, but you're talking to Jay Christie. Uh, I'm 
the the statement I agree with least in the entire world is when Kobe Bryant said that friendships come and go and banners last forever. Right? That's the antithesis of how I feel as a human being. So I more meant friendships. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, it was supposed to be a prank as part of a hazing situation, and you know they were trying to cover their tracks a couple of days ago with the nightgown that was used to scare them. Um, they buried it in the tar pits, which mm-hmm. not the Lobrea ones was, though. Yeah, no, not those. But like, I'm like struggling to think about if there's tar, tar pits in uh, that area. Maybe there is. Um, Who knows? But yeah, nobody was supposed to die, and like now Vic is just letting them know, like that's 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 involuntary manslaughter, like open and shut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we then cut to, sh- to the Scary Sherry murder. Uh, and Sean wakes up. He slept at the office. He's burning the candle at both ends. Um, yeah, yeah. He fell asleep there. He's been, uh, and I guess, was it Gus that mentions that Alice Bundy's alibi is airtight? Because yes. her, uh, her parents were there. Um, mm-hmm. she went, she went to sleep and when she was home by the time the, uh, the police called or whatever, the toaster went plop. Um, and apparently, right. uh, Henry called and they're having a, he has to have a dinner tonight with Sean. Um, and Sean, of course, invites Gus because he wants to, you know, soften the blow of whatever the dinner is. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Sean's supposed to bring dessert. So, you know, I guess we're going to have some dinner tonight. Um, and, and then there's like, there's like a whole like uh insulting the memory of George Tzenza, which I didn't no, know. We got, we got it, we got it, we got it. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay, okay. So okay. Sean says there's no such thing as an airtight alibi, and he thinks that Alice is like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct. Now, is Basic Instinct a movie you've seen? Yes. Okay. Uh, which And he says, which makes me Michael Douglas, and that makes you George Tzenza, whose character's name is Gus, which, shouts out to George Tzenza. Um... I believe he's still alive, actually. Oh, sorry. I just okay. I mistaken because his character was killed on Law and Order. Yeah, I think he's still alive. Uh, George is on the. Yeah, born 1945 in Rosenheim, Germany. Interesting. But uh, I also do love that Gus says, "Don't compare my black ass to George Zunda." <laughs> yeah, I did like that too. Um, and so Sean meets Alice, and he introduces himself the way only he can. With a pineapple, yeah. And now I'm thinking about, like, has there been a pineapple in every episode? Yeah, I forgot to keep track of it, but yes, there is. I mean, okay. I know there is because it's just, like, a famous thing about Psych, and I don't think that they're going to lie about that. Um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, he mentions something about his nickname at some point being Sticky Icky, yeah. um, which sounds like a drug dealer's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he admits that he's, she like starts to question whether he's a cop, and he's like, nope, I'm not a cop. He's actually a psychic. And she isn't super receptive to it mm-hmm. and she just wants to know what the fuck he wants and mm-hmm. she basically just explains that doreen and her were like sisters um nope, this is when we were, get they're closer than sisters sorry they were like oh sorry yeah closer than sisters um i'm not, sorry because i was reading into it that there was something perhaps romantic oh, I was, not. Maybe I'm reading, oh I was not oh, i was not I, I was reading maybe i was just reading were, into that you were still high off the 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 what's it called the the Sharon Stone vibes, I guess. I, that is true. I mean, that would make the basic instinct thing work better. Um, yeah. And this is when they mention... Shit, hold on. I, I might lose you again. Yeah. Let me... No, can you talk? Yeah. You hear me? All right, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, and this is when she mentions that they took her in when she was seven. And, you know, the only time that she wasn't around... Uh, 
And, you know, the only time that she wasn't around her, you know, being that they were as close as sister or closer than sisters. Uh, and now she's dead as a result. So not great. Yeah. She's not feeling great about the whole situation. Yes. And Sean basically, I mean, he, she asked Sean, like, how would you feel if your best friend, you know, something happened to him? Um, and so then we cut to uh, when she's like, I'm not a murderer, which, of course, exactly what a murderer would say. Uh, mm-hmm. We cut to Gooch and Lassie talking to a guy who works at like a deli counter uh, about a theft and mm-hmm. Gooch is interrogating. Apparently she can't write because she, she has arthritis in her thumb because she hitchhiked from Jersey to Havana. Um, and then she immediately goes bad cop. You know, she's not interested in, in being subtle. No. So she basically hops over the counter and like assaults the, the guy behind the counter Um and, you know, Lassie seems beside himself, like, wondering, like, why the hell she's attacking the victim of the robbery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually, I guess, this whole thing leads to a chase we don't quite see. Yes. Yes. And then we see that uh, Mary Lou, a.k.a. Juliet, gets a thing from Eden, which is a uh, invitation to a candlelight vigil at Wispy Sunny Pines. But no one else is going because there's apparently big plans. We cut to the dinner. And, to be uh, clear, to be clear, the candlelight vigils for Doreen, not for right. the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. Apologies. Um, so the dinner is over, um, basically, uh, except, you know, Henry's still having a few drinks. Um, and they're talking about the case. Yeah, they're talking about the case. And, like, right before, I mean, like, Henry basically su- suspects that their case has to do with the the, the Hearth, Hearthen? Hartham? I think Hartham? I thought it was Hawthorne, Hartham, whatever. Yeah, with that suicide case. And, you know, they finally admit, like, Sean didn't want to really mention it, um, Mm -hmm. but the cat's out of the bag. And Sean says that, you know, it's he admits that it hits close to home because they were there the night of the original Scary Sherry uh, Mm -hmm. incident. And I think Henry at this point knows that they um, that they have the wrong idea of what happened that night. Because, uh, yeah, Sean admits to opening his eyes, which Henry, of course, is mad about. But Henry reveals to them that she didn't actually jump. She was pulled in by an off-duty police officer. And apparently Scary Sherry Craddock is living married in Fresno. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, so that's kind of like an interesting uh, wrinkle on it. And uh, Sean and Gus, you know, they... They like hide the fact that they're actually stoked that they started an urban legend. Which yeah, is I love the cool. idea. Yeah, I love the idea where it's where Henry's like, I don't know how that legend got started, and it's like, oh, because they started it. Um, yeah, but yeah. So Henry mentions that he says the answer's right in front of their eyes. So they go to Alice's house, um, and Sean's big plan is that Gus causes a distraction, and Sean sneaks in. And I love that Gus is like, you had the whole ride over to think of a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Of course, Gus is always a distraction guy. Yeah, yeah. And so Gus's plan to distract is to talk about Mr. Mrs. Pickles, his orange tabby was missing, and uh, the housekeeper is there as the parents are at the cemetery. Um, and Sean sneaks through the doggy door, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there's just we cut back and forth between Gus talking about his cat and the maid talking about a basset hound she grew up with. But the important thing plot-wise is that Sean finds a photo album and sees some rings on the fingers of the girls. Uh, and he remembers that there's one ring on each finger, on each of their fingers. And then he remembers that Alice had both rings on her fingers, 
which doesn't make any sense because how would you get that second ring unless? Right. How did she get it? She remember she went to the tar pit and dug up because the next bit is he goes outside and he sees the tar markings on the side of the house. I thought that was to get the okay yeah okay wow to get I, both I assume but it's fine I mean gotcha uh, but anyway yeah so Sean kind of imagines her doing all the stuff and then the poppy the maid of course asks has anyone told you that you look like Bud um, but anyway mm-hmm. then they get out of the house and uh, yeah they realize that. Uh, it looks like she's taking revenge on the sorority girls for yeah. like the death of her sister or her mm. her friend, her best friend's sister. Yes, and possibly lovers. I'm positing. I'm positing. Um, and so Sean's like, we got to go to the Wispy Sunny Pines, um, and because Doran's parents are at the cemetery, and so basically Sean puts together that she is luring Jules there to kill her because she thinks that she's like the queen bee of the sorority, which just means that Juliet is too good at being undercover. Um, right, which is also like if she knew, depending on where they are in the semester, it would be like, okay, well, this girl's only been there for two weeks and like she would have heard about, but I guess she was rushing, so. Also, no, it's pretty early in the semester though because it's in October because it's Halloween. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. And she was just uh, rushing, so she wouldn't know everybody yeah. that... And and then Sean's like, "This is Silence of the Lambs, which means we're both Scott Glenn." Which I mean, this episode, I, I think, this is pretty evident. This and the basic instinct riff. You understand why I love this show so much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it more. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will mention too that this episode was co-written by Steve Franks, the creator, and James Roday Rodriguez, who plays Sean. And I would say most of the best episodes are written by James Roday Rodriguez in some way. He also directs a lot of the best episodes too. Um, Wow. His, okay. Yeah, his comedic voice. I, I think the thing that really changes the show into what it is is his comedic voice um, because he became one of the main writers of the show. Um, but yeah, Gus lays out some rules about like not going by, you know, classic horror movie things. Don't let me go in the room first or second. Give me a weapon if I'm going to be alone, et cetera, et cetera. But we then cut to Detective Gooch laid up in a hospital bed. Yeah, um, and Lassie's at her side, um, you know, kind of complaining or like seeing like, why the hell didn't she tell him about her pacemaker mm-hmm. uh, because apparently she had a mild uh, cardiac arrest and yeah. luckily we don't stew too much in there because Lassiter gets a call and it's from yeah. Sean and you know, Lassie mentions that he's the second, the second least, per- I don't know how you even put the that. second person, like this person I want to hear from second least in the world, something like that. Um, yeah. And so we then cut to Juliet showing up at Wispy Sunny Pines. She gets greeted by um, Alice Um I don't know what it says about me, but I feel like I was really into what she was looking like in the scene. I'm just going to say it, even though she was trying to murder Juliet. I don't know what it says about me. I'm just going to put it out there because this is an honest pod. I agree. No, I agree. And, you know, she was still Alice. Let's just... Exactly. exactly. And you, they go back to her house and she's going to jail. Alice doesn't live there anymore. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, so... She, uh, she leads her up the stairs, and there's a bunch of candles everywhere. It's very obvious that there's not an actual vigil going on. Correct. I mean, there's can there's plenty of candles, uh, mm-hmm. but no vigil. Mm-hmm. Um, and she leads her. She like yeah, can Alice I say, is- Alice was the person that Drill was tweeting about when he said he had a six sixteen hundred dollar candle budget. Um, I don't know if you get that joke, but oh yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it. Yeah, my family's dying. <laughs> my family's dying. My family, please um, help. My family's dying. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Alice leads. Uh, Mary Lou 
uh, up some stairs. And she, of course, you know where this is going to end in room 413. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as soon as you walk in the room and you see a circle of candles surrounded by a white gown, you know you're in for some shit. Yeah. And uh, Alice has both a headset that makes her, like, alters her voice, and she has an axe. Um, you know, just, I'll say this on her account I understand the axe is dramatic. A really bad weapon to try to kill someone with. It's just the weight. It's not an effective way to kill someone, especially if they know that you're trying to kill them. Yeah, and it's super shiny. It was, I mean, that's not, I mean that's not a bad thing, but it's just I just noticed it was super shiny. Well, I mean, it makes sense because she probably had to buy an axe because it's not. She doesn't look like someone who's chopping wood. But know? do they look like that when you buy them? I, I don't swear know. to God, they don't. Do I look like I bought an axe? I never even I mean, bought axe body spray. I mean, um, so. There, you know, and she's doing the whole thing like, you don't want to, you're the reason girls vomit up their food and put plastic, because she's blaming Juliet for all of the ills of the society against girls, you know, classic stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And Sean, Lassie, and Gus show up at the same time, and then run up the stairs, and run through, and of course, Gus's foot gets stuck in the floor. Yeah, it gets stuck in the floor, and, you know, up until that point, Sean had been following the, the Gus... Uh, manifesto mm-hmm. let's just say um but you know obviously someone's in danger so you know uh, sean tells him to wiggle the toes you know try to figure something out mm-hmm. but gus is just very much frozen in the moment and you know sean takes off to go with lassie to, to yeah. stop what's going on and as this is going on uh juliet manages to get the axe and punch she punches alice in the face and grabs the axe and then lassie and sean come in and uh Juliet says, you're under arrest, you crazy, crazy, crazy bitch. And there's a moment where she looks like she's going to kill her, but obviously she's not. Um, that would have yeah. been crazy if it happened. Would have been wild. I mean, that, like, season one finale, lighthearted comedy until. Yeah, or even, like, if they would have shown it and then it was just, like, a thing that, like, Sean woke up to. That would have been cool, too. Oh, yeah. And so she's arrested, and, of course, um, you know, Alice not realizing that Juliet's police officer is, like, uh... She's crazy. She's possessed. I thought I was coming to a vigil, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, then she tries to appeal to Sean and says, what would you have done if it was your friend? Uh, and then, of course, Sean remembers that he left Gus in the floor. Yeah, and poor dude is upstairs just sobbing. Um, mm-hmm. And Gus, I mean, sorry, Sean starts to fuck with him by, you know, talking on that headset. And, mm-hmm. yeah, not funny, but yeah. mm-hmm. he'll be okay. Yeah. And so... Um, we cut to Lassiter talking to Vic, who he's like, did I upset you in some way? Basically trying to figure out why they saddled him with Gooch, um, you know, uh, and Vic is basically like, we thought you'd hit it off. Um, and Lassie has a really profound question is that's how people perceive me. And so he decides he, he gets clearly he's trying to be nicer, even though he doesn't really know how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an interesting moment. Um, and so he leaves, and he notices that Gus, Sean, and Juliet are just kind of like dicking around at work, eating some some uh, say Asian food, Chinese um, food out of the carton. Yeah, and they're all like you know laughing and smiling and stuff. And he kind of has this like awkward moment where he kind of like wants to get involved, but he thinks better of it and walks mm-hmm. away. To which Gus calls out his name and tosses him a fortune cookie, which makes him smile mm-hmm. and. Season and that is one. how season one of Psych ends. So, what do you give this episode at ten for one? 
I gave it an eight. It's probably so the best I. episode of the season. I agree. Because it's really the first one. They have like a clear theme, a parody and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And you don't have to give a rating because obviously it's hard to rate it against anything else. But how are you feeling coming out of season one of Psych? I mean, I'll tell you right now. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's a 7.5 for the first season. Yeah. I think that was like, yeah. I want to say like 12 out of 15 yeah. episodes. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, this was the first episode that made me see, like, the potential of where it could be yeah. headed. What I'll say is, every, the rest of Psych, well, they're obviously not every episode like this, the rest of Psych is more reminiscent of this episode than any other episode. Yeah, which makes me feel a lot better mm-hmm. about this situation. Yes. How about you? What, what do you have? Uh, you I would give it, yeah, probably a, I would honestly almost give it a seven, just because I know how much better it can get. Um, uh-huh. And, yeah, I'm excited to keep going with it. Um, and we're going to keep going. I'm. We'll keep going literally the next episode. We're not taking a break. Um, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe. Follow the show on Twitter at First Psych Pod. Um, it, sorry, it's at, at First Psych Pod. There's two ats because it's at, yeah. at First Psych. Um, yeah. But, uh, and yeah, share the show with people who like Psych and share the show with people who don't like Psych. Screw it. Why not? Um, more important than that, tune in next time as we talk about the season two premiere. American duos.